Peace train rolling softly right on the peace train. In the peace train. Train rolling softly, thinking about the world to come. Ah, uh -huh, the peace train. Peace train rolling softly, right on the peace train. Ah, uh, hee ho ho. Ah, uh, the peace train. The peace train rolling softly, right on the peace train. Ah, uh, hee ho ho. -ho. Please train. Well, you know, peace train rocking about the world to come. Peace train, 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 peace train. Forgot the words. Something, 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 something about the peace train. Oh, peace. Train, peace, train, peace, train, peace, train, peace, train, peace, train. Is that when you strain to pee? That sounds terrible. I'd hate to have to strain to pee. <sighs> Nothing funnier then. Being a regular British guy and having a near-death experience and converting to Islam. Real left-turn left stuff. Getting people when they don't expect you. Salute. Hey, folks. Haven't did, didn't do a stream last week, so I wanted to get one in. Don't have a book or anything. Don't really know. Feel really like I am kind of at the end of the cycle here, you know. Ah... Uh, China, who knows? Uh, America, who knows? Earth, planet, human beings, who knows? A lot of a lot of question marks. Uh, I sure as hell don't know what's going on. That's all I know. Uh, how is how are you guys? He was from Gre he was Greek, but he was British. You gotta act like this is somebody who's got a. Family from another place that they're not from there? Racists. He's British, isn't he, mate? He's a British guy. Hello. He sounds like that. He's British. So, yeah, I thought just have a low-key uh, hello episode. Just talk things out. Anyways, any questions, just talk through the chat. Nothing too intense. Jazz man testifies, indeed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I think that's uh, the long and short of it. Peru? Good question. I don't know. Uh, it certainly seemed like Castillo uh, was in over his head from the beginning. Had a very bad time even getting any kind of uh, agenda off the boards. So, 
like that whole the whole like new pink wave that's hit Latin America is really problematic because there's it's so it's got such uh, shallow roots anywhere. Like you can go in an election, but so what? You know, uh, if you don't have horses, if you don't have people who with your back, if you don't have organization to press uh, an agenda, then eventually you're going to get neutralized. Uh, and you know that's uh that's the that's the, really the story of uh, the left, whatever you want to call that. Everywhere is that it really does mainly exist as this uh, chimera, this uh, thing people are sort of gesturing towards with their politics, uh, but which doesn't have any actual body to it. It doesn't have muscles. It doesn't have uh, any kind of real articulation. Because the only thing that really does have articulation uh, is capitalism. That That's well articulated, and everybody is operating within its constraints. And uh, as such, the ability to um, press against any like load-bearing or, or structurally necessary uh, elements of capitalism becomes very difficult to consider. Uh, and, that, and that's why I really think that, you know, there is hope with a capital H for humanity, but I don't think for what everyone from Marx onward hoped, uh, which was that civilization, which had like created uh, capitalism and then had created the socialist challenge to capitalism, would then be reformed from within. Because even Marx's revolutionary notion is not one of uh, destruction of the liberal order built by capitalism it is the fulfillment of of the liberal like social ideal and there was a while there where there was a good reason to believe that it was possible but i think at this late date we have to accept that that the uh whatever might in the future be called socialism if it becomes hegemonic will be in very many fundamental ways unrecognizable socially to uh, anything that we would want or imagine. That does uh, a totally different value system and frame of reference because it will emerge not from, not from this, not as a continuation of whatever the hell this is, but in its wreckage. Uh, somebody asked about Bukharin and what he got right. I mean, Bukharin was wrong in his fundamental idea, which is that uh, that Russia could be modernized without mass misery. Uh, that wasn't going to happen, as we've seen. Nowhere that got modernized, uh, nowhere that had a pre-modern mode of production uh, was brought into industrial society in the 20th century without massive bloodshed. But I think what he did recognize is that having that bloodshed be carried out under the auspices of a communist regime, and in fact, the embodiment globally of the notion of socialism and communism uh, would be 
devastating to the larger project of global revolution, which is what the premise of the Bolshevik uh, takeover had been, that it would spark that. Because it was going to have to happen in the context of a globalized uh, world system that had certain uh, requirements of any government that sought to compete on those terms and maintain its power, maintain its control, and prevent itself from being overthrown. Uh, I mean, Bukharin's course, which was to try to buy off the peasantry, uh, would have left the Soviet Union incredibly weak and would have probably led to the, the, the communist party being, uh, at some point, overturned. The question is whether that, in the broad one, could have been for the better. But, you know, that is one of those classic hindsight of uh, 2020, is 2020 type of things. But that's just it. Somebody says, well, then you let the, the capitalists take over. Sure, they do. They take over. But that doesn't mean that the socialist challenge to capitalism goes away. And I think that that assumption that undergirded a lot of Soviet thinking was essentially was wrong. It was, it was oh, I got an echo again. Wonderful. Great. It just kicked in like it was not doing it. And then it did do it. Well, how, that I don't understand. That doesn't, why would that happen? Does anyone know why that would happen? Plugged it in and plugged it out again. Whatever, I'm probably not going to go along today. Especially since I got this fucking echo. I don't know, I might not go again for a while if I can't figure this out, because it does bother me to know that it sounds weird. I have a fine microphone. This is an interesting. Someone says, uh, do you think Marx is socialism, capitalism, what Luther was to feudalism, Christianity? Uh, I guess, yeah, in a way, because like I, like I said in a previous show, Luther is trying to save uh, what he sees as his good in the feudal order from itself, which is, I think, also what Marx was seeking to do. Save what is good from the Western civilizational project. To save it from uh, the exploitation machine that uh, undermined and destroyed all those good things over time. Well, then how do I turn off, how do I turn off the inbuilt mic? But why would it just kick on, though? That's what I don't understand. All right, turn the computer volume off. Computer volume is off. Does that do anything?
And like the Marxist project is his attempt to save Western civilization from itself, which is what Luther was Luther was trying to do with civilization as he understood it, which was the feudal order. And then Calvin comes along, and he is the creature of you know of, of the future. He's the one who recognizes the the necessity of an alienated religion to match an alienated social world. And that does raise the question, well, who's the Calvin of, uh, of socialism? And uh, I guess I guess it's Lenin. Problem is, though, is that that project failed as opposed to the, the broader project of universalizing capitalism. When is religion ever not alienated? When you don't have a, when it is not generated by and reinforcing of class society. I guess for people who think of Maoism as like the next, like a, it's a different, but it's all, all those are attempts to uh, to adapt to the reality that the revo world revolution never came. It never happened. Which leaves us with this uh, rotting corpse of capitalism that uh, will end up annihilating everything about itself. No, history isn't over yet. Uh, but, I mean, it, I don't know. I kind of think it is. I mean, Fukuyama is right that there is no, there never that the challenge to capitalism failed. From within it. It's, if anything else is going to have to come from out, the problem is, because capitalism is totalized now, we cannot imagine anything outside of it. But capitalism at this point in history is retreating. And what it is leaving is sort of post-historical landscapes. And there's and the, the life in those post-historical landscapes is still going on and processes are going on. But we cannot examine them through the same lens that we use. Uh, we cannot narrativize them uh, the way that we do life within its contours. And so being inside of it, like we are now, uh, becomes incredibly challenging to try to uh, articulate any understanding of a future. But that doesn't mean there won't be one. It means that it's being made beneath our feet and around us. I don't know. And yeah, like civilization as we know it, that's the important part, will be destroyed the way that all previous class orders have that have been geographically limited. This one is geographically unlimited for now, but it will be a process of retreat and then uh, retreat into cores 
archipelagos of wealth that will then collapse from their own contradictions, leaving uh, emptiness, sterility, uh, but also uh, growth and, and life and ferment. I, it, it, it might still be history, but it's not history, again, the phrase, as we know it, as we commonly understand it. Because that requires a legibility and a uh, it's not part of it, it's it's a it's a process at the other end of a rupture. And the thing is, I don't think humanity will not end. I think that 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 desire for ending is a desire to have some sort of uh, to square the the difference between living, you know, in a sweep of of, of species existence as an, a finite, limited individual. I mean, I feel I feel very stuck, like literally. I I feel very at the at my wits' end in many respects. And I'm just asking myself, like, what do I do? And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, if that's all we got. But, like, what do I do? How do I turn that into a, you know, project? I wish I knew how to do literally anything else, honestly. Napoleon certainly would have been the goat if he defeated Britain, but, I mean, he couldn't. Couldn't do it. Europe cannot be, could not be militarily suborned, even into the 20th century. That was proven. Yeah, you can fantasize about, you know, 
uh, Anglo capitalism being sort of harnessed to uh, uh, the French social model, but it, but that's couldn't happen because the Anglo capitalism was in every respect able to uh, pile on competencies and uh, uh, competitive advantages that left it unassailable. Mike Flanagan, I saw, is saying he's going to adapt the Dark Tower series. I will believe it when I see it, because that's been said before. I remember when Ron Howard was going to do it. There's going to be a TV series for, I think, The Walking Dead guy. Never happens. Probably won't happen. It's not unfilmable. That is absolutely incorrect. You could totally do The Dark Tower, especially as a show. Not as a movie, but as a show. The movie is terrible, genuinely bad, breathtaking in its awfulness. Uh, but I think you could do, you could do the series as 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 a, as a bunch of shows. I mean, uh, the first book would probably not even be you. You wouldn't want to spend too much time with that because it is sort of you know more psychedelic and and spare. Uh, but you could still you know use parts of it to establish mood and and texture and all that before hitting the, the drawing of the three, because like that, that's ready-made to be a show. You could do a season of, show, uh, of television about, about the drawing of the three, no problem. And then you go to Wasteland and you go into Lud and all that. It's, it's, it's actually pretty, I think, straightforward. But yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not a huge Flanagan head. I don't really get the hype. I don't get why people like him. I haven't watched the shows, though. Uh, I watched like one episode of that Haas on Haunted Hill thing, and it was very boring. So, again, believe it when I see it. I think that I, the way I would deal with Wizard of Glass is I would not have it as like a separate series or a spinoff or anything. I would have it interspersed through the show, like as a parallel narrative. I, I also think that uh, would work given like the themes of, you know, time and uh the way that like time and space are are, are are like conceptual categories that you can kind of move through. Do I think dollar hegemony can be broken? Who has an interest in breaking dollar hegemony is the question. If the Chinese want to break dollar hegemony, they would have to liberalize their markets or their, their finance markets. They would have to get rid of their capital controls. And if they did that, what would be the, then why are, what, they lose the point of, of doing it. Like if the point of getting rid of dollar hegemony is so that, you know, you can have control over your own national destiny, 
the, the cost of doing that is giving up your fucking control over your national destiny and giving it over to globalized finance. And they should, they cannot, they cannot consume the way Americans can, which means that they cannot uh, replace us as consumers of last resort. I mean, like, no, there's no, this is where the end of history thesis comes in. Like, there is no alternative conception of what of how to make this stuff work. Because what it is, at the end of the day, is a supply chain. It is a movement of goods from one place to another. It is a movement of resources from one place to another, and energy inputs from one place to another. That's it. How, how governments specifically carry out their domestic politics is secondary to that. And that was the big thing that the, uh, that's the part of the, the uh, end of history thesis that is wrong. Because there was the assumption that you have to have certain liberal democratic structures in order to have a liberalized economy. And we know now that's not true. That was just the thing you tell yourself to, while you're busting open these people's economies and destroying their standards of living in Eastern Europe, as well, this will, this will facilitate this awesome new liberal. Oh, nope, there it is. Gone. So it says, capitalist hegemony doesn't mean the end of history any more than monarchist hegemony meant the end of history. We're talking about the first time ever that you have a fully totalized system. That's the difference. You can't compare it to any other time. Again, it is a supply chain. And that supply chain is what keeps systems of power, elite structures of power, intact, which is what all of this is serving. And there is no... In, there, nobody in any system at any level of power, has an interest in undermining their own power. If they did, it would only be as an individual, and then they would be neutralized and replaced. The seats pick the people sitting in them vice rather than vice versa. Now, the thing that might make this whole thing break down faster than it would due to ecological conditions is if our elites basically go insane from their inability to square their powerlessness. The echo went away? Jesus Christ. That's not how, this is not supposed to work. The internet, technology is not supposed to work this way. It's not supposed to fix itself. Is this AI? Is that how AI works? Like, we do have the, these, this, uh, these elites embedded within global capitalism who are going crazy, who are insane due to their awareness of their, their relative lack of actual agency. They get the re they get the benefits. They, they're still wealthy, but not really because of anything that they do. It is all happening without their uh, input. And 
that is driving them mad. It is alienating them from the system that benefits them. They're alienated from it just as much as people at the bottom are. Now, that's true of, you know, the 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 tech the finance people too, the people in in the in unmoored capital. They might not have the same cultural abhorrence at what's being built by capitalism, but they do have a sense of guilt associated with it that they try to expiate. And so alienation is increasing at every level, not just at the bottom. And in that middle strata of wealth and power is where you have the greatest concentration of alienation matched to the greatest theoretical ability to fuck things up, to put uh, a wrench uh, in, or uh, put not a wrench in the gears. Yeah, a wrench in the gears. Uh, whatever. A st- stick in the spokes. Uh, if every, if enough of them act at the same time along the same uh, axis of uh, resistance, they could bring it down. And I think that's the thesis behind, you know, the accelerationist embrace of, uh, of like the reactionary current of capital is that they will bring it down. Maybe, bef- uh, but the thing is, uh, I really don't think that they can do that in a productive way. All they can do is what the Nazis did, which is tear off some portion of uh, of of the global system and send it to war, send it to annihilatory war with the rest. Uh, nothing comes out of that better. Uh, except for maybe if you're fighting in it, you get to feel a, a, a purpose for life in, in that moment before destruction. People keep talking about the multipolar world, and I still don't know what the hell that means. If it's all one supply chain, if it's all one global extraction system, where the 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 type the, the type of political economies made by the building of capitalism are essentially unchangeable. I guess the idea is the thought is in a multipolar world, people would uh, discrete states would be able to challenge their their ranking, their 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 placement within the hierarchy. They cannot do that. U.S. depends on China, not the other way around. What are you talking about? Everyone depends on everybody else. It's all mutually reinforcing. Where the hell is... China send their shit they make. Who buys it? Uh, I think like guys like Elon, I don't think they're trying to bring down anything intentionally, but they are having this disruptive 
impulse just because they're just what just individual dickheads in a system who have no understanding of their greater role within it and are able to act independently in a way that previous generations of ruling class elites could never do on an individual basis. And that is destabilizing. But I think the revolutionary or, or, or like uh, disruptive capacity of that is overrated by some because it underestimates the degree to which instability is a defining permanent feature of globalized capitalism. <laughs> Thoughts on thorium nuclear power and its potential of offering? I have no idea what that is. I'm where if you I'm gonna guess you have to dig it up somewhere. Maybe the Chinese will crack cold fusion, and then all this fretting is for nothing. I mean, all the fretting's for nothing anyway, because you know this is only one world among very many, and I think we really do eternally exist moving through them. I have to say, uh, somebody asked about food reviewing. That is that is content that I relate to, I have to say. Tolkien or Martin, that is not a contest. I know it's unfair to prefer Martin since he's building on Tolkien, and Tolkien is like the originator, but I don't. he does not speak to me at all. I mean, my, my dark, as I said, my, uh, my uh, Lord of the Rings is the Dark Tower books. I was like, I'm an American. What the fuck is this sword bullshit? Give me a gun. It's very interesting. The, the the people shooting up the substations is certainly a, an escalation. Although why or who it is, is is I mean I think people are jumping to some pretty wild conclusions about what where that's coming from, with basically zero uh, understanding or evidence of it.
Uh, people ask about the Battle of Tours and what would it, what if Martel had lost? Uh, you know, you you look at the the Muslims in uh, <laughs> in Andalusia, and then you look at the uh, the Ottomans in the Balkans, Baltic or Balkans. There there does seem to be just a a territorial limit uh, to how much you can really take over Europe. Uh, it is it it is a very odd uh, geographic duck. It is it's this rump of Eurasia that is resistant to central command, and uh, had been since the end of the Romans. The Romans only only were only able to do it because they were able to more effectively marshal military resources than any other power because their original army was made up of fucking yeomen. Uh, the original yeoman fantasy was built in Rome. It was built among uh, the small holding Roman farmers who, who served militarily essentially as, uh, uh, as their contribution to the state. And then eventually other states caught up, other political formations caught up. And, you know, uh, the latifundis, latifundias are created and there's the mass uh, uh, proletarian, uh, or the, the mass uh, loss of, of, of smallholding uh, farming replaced by giant slave plantations. People move into the, to Rome to live on the dole, to eat the bread and uh, watch the circuses. Uh, and, once, and that's an inevitable outcome of that kind of uh, colonial domination, and that that's the end of that. And then once that's over, not, nothing can replace it. But the Roman, that dream has persisted, and uh, the, the, the actual empire never ended. And now it's everywhere. Now the Roman Empire is the whole, is, controls the whole world, uh, in that the Roman conception of the self, the Roman conception of freedom... Roman values are our values, and they are incompatible with uh, finite resources. They're because they refuse to recognize uh, humanity as such. The real civil war hinge point is uh, order is as Harry Turtledove pointed out is if uh, if the federals don't get a hold of uh, Lee's orders when he invaded Maryland. But there is also, I guess, you could say, what if Longstreet had been listened to and, and they uh, tried to outflank uh, Meade's army and the Third Day of Gettysburg instead of the direct frontal assault. Uh, but because Vicksburg's happening at the same time, that might have also just prolonged things.
You can kind of say think though that like the longer the U.S. the Civil War, if the U.S. Civil War had lasted a little longer, it would have been better. Yeah, like he doesn't necessarily win, but he has a chance if he if he goes to uh, Maryland, if he's able to successfully invade Maryland. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I always feel a little uncomfortable doing the hinge points of any kind because you sort of have to start out acknowledging that you're just doing nonsense. You're you're just having a, a like a fun time. You're basically uh, it's it's like sports radio, and it's not it doesn't really tell you anything about about history other than the fact that specifically I feel like uh, this iteration of the human social animal has reached its uh, attenuation when uh, the, the technological regime that has been used to facilitate class rule throughout most of human history has reached the point of intensity where it has overtaken uh, human will and how increasingly our lives are not our own in a way that has never been true historically. But I will say it's fun. They're very fun. Like, hey, what, Napoleon uh, taking over Egypt. That is amazing to think about. Leading a bunch of fucking uh, Mamelukes to Istanbul. Come on. Fantastic. And invading England and, and chasing those limey fucks around Lincolnshire or whatever. That's just... It's fun to think about. And that's all we're having at this point is fun. And we have to sort of come to terms with that, I guess. I do, anyway. I am going to read Years of Rice and Salt at some point. I, I almost bought a copy at a Goodwill one time, and I idiotically didn't, but I will read it. I mean, we're already seeing the, the rise of privatized militias. Uh, that is going to be a, a feature, but like even that... Uh, is going to involve strategic retreats. Because obviously you can send mercenaries into places that capital is otherwise afraid to invest. 
but uh, that perimeter is still going to have to be uh, retrenched and retreated from. Robot voice is back? What the fuck? What is going on? Check audio input mixer. Oh man. Oh boy. That sounds scary. I don't think I will. Definitely not now. Because that's a recipe for disaster. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do tech technical stuff. I never have. Ketchup? Ketchup. Ketchup? Ketchup. Yep, that's me. I apologize for Honkler. All day and every day. That is my main... Uh, daily chore is to apologize for Honkler. I call people up at random and say, look, he didn't mean it, okay? He's just trying to have a good time. He's trying to honk. How do I talk to my normie friends about politics without being insufferable? Ooh, that's a tough one. Because politics are insufferable. It is, it's essentially a fandom that, unlike, that is uniquely uh, obnoxious because of its uh, pretensions to gravity. Uh, I would say one way is wait until somebody else brings something up. Don't try to wedge it in. Don't try. Don't wait for a, a gap in conversation and then drop in politics. I have a real microphone. I've showed you multiple times. This is a microphone. Look at it. It's got all the stuff that a microphone's supposed to have. It's got a the the pop cover or whatever you call it.
Wait a minute, so it's not the microphone? The mic's not on? It's plugged in. Desktop audio is muted. What about that? How's that? Does that sound better? Is that better? Oh my God. Wow. It's going crazy. All right, I clicked on a thing. Yeah, that's right. I'm a genius. I think I'm doing this on, I think this entire microphone setup is fucking made up. I think it's all just coming off the stupid laptop. Why do I even have a microphone? What 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 is all this stuff for? I got I got a fucking I got one of these input dealies. It doesn't mean shit. Can't even it doesn't even you it's not even on. Good lord. Right, you're I'm but apparently it's not for your listening pleasure because none of it's actually working. Who was the thirty years guy who was obsessed with some queen? That was uh, that was uh, Christian Brunswick, uh, the Mad Helberstadter. He was called. He was totally sprung on uh, Princess Elizabeth, the wife of the uh, Elector Palatine Frederick V. Uh, he he was horned up to in the extreme for her. Uh, it was actually kind of embarrassing for everyone involved. And he was he he held on after the. Uh, the the Heidelbergians were driven out of Prague, and he was spent years fighting almost by himself uh, in their cause because of how horned up he was. It's pretty funny. Yeah, J.B. Prisker does not have that dog in him. And it always depended, like any fantasy about him doing anything required that dog to be in him. And the dog is not in him. The dog has departed the world. Nobody's got the dog in them anymore. And that's what people are trying to reclaim. Uh, but they're too dependent. Everyone is too dependent on the dog-removing engine that they live uh, enmeshed within. The dog has moved on. We're in a dogless world. Yeah, the only guy I can think of who's had that dog in him is the dude who shot Shinzo Abe. And that's going to be it. Like, the people who are going to have the dog still in them are those who are willing to take the consequences of confrontation with authority. That's how I know I got no dog.
I gotta say, one of the one of the, it is interesting how people in America for a while there loved wanting to shoot political figures, and then they just stopped. Stop wanting to shoot political figures. They didn't want to stop shooting people. Uh, they just didn't want to shoot political figures anymore. Weird. Weird Weird how that happened and when. One of the funniest uh, failed assassination attempts of a historical figure was this guy who tried to kill Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was coming down the steps of the Capitol and this dude walked up to him, and he had two pistols in his hand. And he leveled them right at Jackson's chest, pulled both triggers, and both guns uh, misfired. And then Jackson took his cane and started beating the shit out of the guy. And his the guys with him actually had to pull the president off of his would-be assassin. So that's pretty funny. Apparently that the, I mean I'm I'm interested in the new JFK files. The Jefferson Morley claims that they're going to show that that whole deal where he got busted, uh, pamphleting, for the Fair Play for Cuba committee, and then went on local television to talk about it was a CIA op. Uh, that he was doing that as as uh, an agency uh, asset, which uh, I got to say credit to Oliver Stone. That's. I remember seeing uh, in JFK when, when they're talking about that and uh, Laurie Metcalf says, like, people said that it looked staged. Looks like that was, uh, yeah, New Orleans. Looks like that was, in fact, staged. I mean, we'll see if it's true. Well, there wasn't a, a CIA substation. The, the address on the pamphlets was to Guy Bannister's office. And Guy Bannister, former FBI agent, had a lot of connections. He's a guy who, you know, if you look at the people he surrounded with, himself with, uh, was deep in, like, the, uh, the Castro, uh, the anti-Castro resistance, people who were all, a lot of them on agency payrolls. They, they knocked down uh, the office... That that building, the guy, ba the, uh, the guy Bannister uh, had his office in, uh, like the next, like a year later, like it was already gone by Kennedy's assassination, and it's now a uh, federal building named after Hale Boggs, who was a congressman from Louisiana who was on the Warren Commission and who died in a small plane accident. Yeah, I think that's why I, I'm focusing more and more on history because every time I try to think about the current moment or 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 where it's headed, I just kind of get depressed and confused and uh, kind of angry and and annoyed with myself more than anything. Uh, but when I think backwards, uh, the stuff that I have some sort of 
grasp of the contours on. It's just reassuring. So I guess that's why I do history, because it is fun. Uh, and it does help you place yourself in a context, but increasingly convinced it doesn't really tell you much beyond that. And nobody can tell the future, but yet we are kind of expected to understand it, you know? We're expected to be able to anticipate where it goes because of how rapidly things are changing without changing at all. I think Gangs of New York has got a lot of problems as a movie, whereas There Will Be Blood is pretty much like a like a perfect instrument. Although Daniel Day Lewis's performance in Gangs of New York is 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 one of my favorites. Yeah, they stopped throwing eggs at people. Not even forget shooting people. People don't even get eggs thrown at them anymore. Somebody threw an egg at the king. That was cool. Are there going to be any more movies? I think movies are on the on the way out. That's one thing I think I feel pretty confident about. The economy, the economics of film just don't work anymore. And that's, you know, to be expected. Like, these things are all contingent on, uh, like, art forms and stuff are all contingent on specific constellations of economics and technology. And the the filmmaking experience and, and film uh, uh, exhibition business was premised on one specific constellation of technological and economic factors that are now changing. Fundamentally, I think the theatrical experience will maybe last for a while as the place to go to see massive tent poles uh, along intellectual property. But even that is going to, uh, in the medium term, not even long term, uh, fade away. And then content will just be at your fingertips on the smallest possible screens uh, or the largest one you can fit in your house. But that's it.
eventually, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know if the kids, I mean, I, I don't know if they even want to watch films or even shows anymore. I, I think we just kind of want to watch each other now that we can. That's the thing. It's nobody's making an aesthetic choice. It's, it's that we are, have access to certain technological forms that then train us to want them. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, uh, everyone says that, the kids today. But the technology is changing the way people live. Like, you have to acknowledge that. And you have to acknowledge that there has been a technological revolution in the last 20 years that has reordered our relationships to each other. That is true, whether or not it is also something that an old person says about things that are alienating to them. Television did the same thing. Coco melon? What the hell is that? That sounds that sounds insidious. You could indeed say that video killed the dang radio star, and then the TikTok killed the the uh, video star, and. Uh, Bathing in like the the neural hyper sludge network will kill the TikTok star. But what they all what what you're seeing in that trajectory is a steady inward drive. Uh, From, from the mass experience of a bunch of people, strangers sitting in a room watching one movie, to a group of people, a family sitting in their homes and watching television, to an individual watch, looking at their phone or their television screen or their tel uh, computer screen. That's that is the that you can trace that, and that's that's an objective trajectory. And it's it deepens the sense that we are not that no one else is real. I have been meditating a bit lately, trying to do more. It's, it's good. Get my brain tingly. But yeah, people are trying to recreate sociology 
by themselves. And that that's that's a tall order. And that means what they're going to end up doing is filling in the blanks, filling in the gaps with stuff that they think is them, they think comes from them, but as always is, is being uh, supplied to them. Walkable cities, when well, you know, walkable anything. Interaction, uh, third places would help a lot. Neom, uh, hilariously, Neom is, <laughs> it's the it's the uh, walkable urban dream, which of course makes sense because there can be no other socially envisioned. Uh, uh, horizon other than the one promised by socialism. Like all the, all, but the version of it sold by Elon Musk and the Saudis uh, is an illusion. It's a, it's a fraud that can never be fulfilled because the thing that builds that world is a social order that is fundamentally unalienated. The labor that goes into it is the willed labor of individuals working in concert. Like if you have a place like Neom, and even if they could build it, the fact that uh, it would require slaves would destroy it. And even if they think they can get to the level of automation, that means the slaves don't have to be in there with them, and that everybody in there is uh, uh, a equal. They're still the same people who made that world, who made the, the desert outside, who made everything else barren. And they'll go wild. They'll go crazy. Uh, if anyone's seen Zardoz, very good on this subject. But even these countries that have all the money in the world and are able to get almost infinite cheap labor to build them are not being able to succeed at getting them done. I mean, even with Neom, they built a hole. They built a. They built a hole that are showing people look at the hole, and it's a fraction of the size of the one that they claimed that they would need.
Yes. Uh, uh, James Cameron, of course, could b build Neom. He basically did build Neom in, in New Zealand. Well, we'll all find out how what is in the way of the water. Maybe we all come out of uh, out of Avatar Way of Water next week, and we're on Pandora, and we didn't even know it. No, of course not. It's fun to think about, though. It's fun to think about. And that's what we're all doing out here at the end of history, having fun, thinking about things. All right, I'm going to think of another book, though. I think another book... Uh, project would be good. If anybody has any uh, suggestions, please let me know. doesn't have to be about China. Uh, any specific tangents, varieties, we can talk about. Happy to, but yeah, in the lookout. And uh, maybe I'll have one for next week to, to put out there. Bye.